You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. It's a Thursday here on the Blog and the Boys Podcast Network, and it's time to get back in the saddle and get riled up on the Dallas Cowboys with your man Tom Ryle and your boy Roy White at RW3 on Twitter at Tom Ryle BTB. You can find my colleague and what a couple of weeks it's been, sir. Um, for those Ooh. that didn't know, we had some friends filling in for us over the last couple of weeks, and we appreciate our colleagues there at Blogging the Boys putting out that fantastic content for you. Of course, the news never slows down around the Dallas Cowboys, and we find ourselves here in that position again, Tom. We don't have to talk about minutiae or made-up things because the Cowboys seem to consistently be giving us new news to digest, and not just the Cowboys, Tom, divisional mates as well have made some headlines, and we'll get into that in just a little bit. Primarily focusing this podcast, of course, on the football side of the Dallas Cowboys breaking news because there has been lots of news surrounding the Dallas Cowboys. But let's start with what I believe Cowboys fans will react positively to, and that's the news that the team is actually working on an extension for J. Ron Curse. The safety who was signed off the scrapyard a season ago for just $1 million. Now looks like he could be getting a multi-year deal and returning to a Cowboys defense that, you know, Dan Quinn will certainly be very happy about. Yeah, I was, that's one that really has me excited as you might've been able to tell. Uh, I was, I've been saying for a while that I think that was one of the key moves they needed to make was bring Curse back. He was so effective and did so much to shore up the safety play for the Cowboys. I I think he's just a great guy to go after. Uh, Hopefully they're going to be able to get a deal that's not too expensive because we all know how the Cowboys balk at spending that precious cap space. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm really hoping they get something worked out with him quickly because that'll really solidify the defense. Uh, you know, given the fact that they're probably going to have a question mark up in front of him on the defensive line, uh, with the DeMarcus Lawrence story, but, uh, I'm really glad to see that they're moving forward with that. What would a deal look like to make you happy or one that might, you know, be tipping the scales a little bit too much? I say three for 15, three for three for 18. I'm, comfortable with that yeah i was i was thinking somewhere around the five million per and you know a three-year deal might be good i can't can't remember how old he is uh don't know how uh i can look real quick but i was just thinking yeah just 28 years old so to me three years is yeah perfect he just turned 28 yeah There you go. Yeah, that was exactly what I was thinking. So he that would run through him being 30 as a as a player, and that's that's good. So, yeah. 
great deal for the Cowboys, at least one that fans can be somewhat excited about. Now, again, it falls under the headline and the storyline continuing for the Cowboys that they are only interested in the bargain bin shopping. And there will be players available, as we've seen in the past couple of days, that might actually be able to, you know, be the cream to the sting that is the what feels like inevitable release of Amari Cooper and Demarcus Lawrence. For those who've been living under a rock, Tank was asked to take a pay cut, refused. And Tom actually wrote a great article on blogging the boys, kind of illustrating why that was just all part of the game for the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> but the other one, Amari Cooper being willing to go, that one to me uh, should surprise you less and less the more we move forward with it. I still believe Amari Cooper is in his prime, whether or not he's amongst the 10 or 15 best wide receivers in the NFL, I think is up for debate. And if he's not that, then $20 million probably is too much. Mike Williams just got a deal for three years, $20 million in, in uh, Los Angeles. And I think Mike Williams is a better wide receiver than Amari Cooper. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things where I'm not going to say that Stephen Jones is right about Amari Cooper, but okay, uh, you know, it is an expensive thing and they're going to one way or another save some cap space uh, that they're going to need uh, and probably need to stretch out a bit. And, you know, at least they're trying to see if there's any trade interest out there so they can at least get something back for him. Um, and, you know. How you, how, you, by the way, hold on. How are you going to draw up trade interest on a guy that you openly – admit you are going to cut if you can't trade him well if like, you're a rational general manager you wouldn't do that but you know we're not too satisfied that we have that in in dallas with stephen jones out there coming out and carrying on all of his negotiations in front of a microphone which is absolutely mind-boggling to me it's this all this stuff that should be happening in the offices behind closed doors, as I've mentioned repeatedly. And yet here we are uh, with everything, all that he's like, you know, every time Stephen Jones comes walking, you want to, you look to see if he's carrying the dirty laundry basket with him so that he can show it all to us. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that that's, yeah, that's, that's one that I don't think uh, we can ever fully grasp what's going on with it, but it's where we are and it's what we deal with. It's part of the joy of being a Dallas Cowboys fan. You know, the only thing we can do sometimes is just wish it, well, you know, maybe some rivals in the division will make some stupid move. You know. Hmm. Well, that does happen. And it seems to have happened for one <laughs> team in particular that missed out on the big trade of the week, right? The Russell Wilson deal going to the Denver Broncos for, what feels like relative peanuts in today's quarterback trading world that we're now in, where all of a sudden great quarterbacks can be dealt on a whim. Well, that happened with the Denver Broncos, but what that means is the Washington commanders were left out in the cold. They were not given the opportunity to add a quarterback of Russell Wilson's caliber. So what do they do? They look to the next best thing or <laughs> the worst best thing. Carson Wentz 
in a deal they yeah. make with the Indianapolis Colts, sending two third round picks. And Commander Wentz is back in the NFC East, much to the delight of both Cowboys and Eagles fans. Something we yes. all can celebrate together. And I would imagine Giants fans are actually pretty th- thrilled with it as well, although maybe not as much because, you know, that's competition for the worst team in the division that they have to get. Yeah. yeah, and that's – and it is interesting just as an aside, there was at least a rumor that the Giants are li- looking to bring Mitchell Trubisky in <laughs> to compete with Daniel Jones. <laughs> that's another one just to chuckle over. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's, it's really – it's really – as though one thing to say, though, with the bargain bin shopping approach – there may be some nice stuff in the bin this year if if Steve, if if Will McClay and Stephen Jones can look for it. One name, of course, is Bobby Wagner, who's been cut loose in Seattle as well as they seem to be gutting their team uh, to you know turn over to Pete Carroll the job of rebuilding the. I'm sorry, I'm trying to keep a straight face while I say that, but you know Wagner's got ties back to a certain guy named. Dan Quinn, and uh, that's an exciting thing to think about for me. Um, You know, uh, there's a debate as to whether Wagner is uh, over the hill or not, but he certainly had a productive year last season. We know the Cowboys now have a need at linebacker since it's all but it's pretty much a given, I guess, that Leighton Vanderish is not going to be brought back. And might not be a bad idea to have him back, uh, especially while we're trying to find out what Jabril Cox brings to the table. He might give us a little bit of a bridge, provide some leadership by example there. And uh, especially also since it looks like Micah Parsons might have to focus more on pass rushing than playing linebacker. So, yeah, it's one to keep an eye out probably one we shouldn't get our hopes up for too much because if there's any competition for his services at all, you know that Steven's going to blink and decide to go a cheaper route, but it is something at least to consider. Well, there's a couple names out there like uh, Bobby Wagner that Cowboys fans have been mentioning on social media and getting excited about, and surely there'll be more names added to that list. I would feel good about them pursuing Bobby Wagner. That was, he's been one of the best middle linebackers in the NFL over the past several seasons. And, um, you know, it doesn't feel like he's fallen off a whole lot in that time since he was in Seattle, they're just in full rebuilding mode. So anything that's, you know, a big contract is essentially, you know, not really helpful to them at this point as they try to move on and, and put the pieces together for what is going to be post Russell Wilson. That being said, you know, if it's a deal in the range of 10 or $11 million, are the Cowboys willing to make that deal for a linebacker? Probably not. And so we find ourselves in the same place where we might be, were they to be interested in a free agent like Tyron Matthew, right? Honey Badger. That's a player that a lot of Cowboys fans would be interested in, and that's one that I've been interested in the Cowboys being interested in since he came out of LSU. I thought they could have drafted him in a position that would have been acceptable at that time because he had the uh, suspension for, I think it was 
pass failing a marijuana test or something to that effect. But I know he got suspended and was basically a forgotten man. He's out there now and, and they'll still probably pass up on him. Right. Another name that, yeah. that could be let go in the near future is, is Fletcher Cox with the Philadelphia Eagles. If they want to save $14 million and they let Fletcher Cox go, would that be the type of player that could take away some of the sting of the loss of Demarcus Lawrence and potentially Randy Gregory as well? No one's talking about that, but it's been very quiet on the Randy Gregory front. I haven't heard any word about a potential contract extension there. Whereas as you heard the two sides are talking and continuing to talk with Dalton Schultz. You hear there's whispers that they're speaking with J. Ron Curse, that Michael Gallup is potentially in line for a deal that could be $10 million or more. But I ain't heard a peep about Randy Gregory. Correct me if I'm wrong on that. No, uh, it's been very quiet there. And there is a general rule of thumb to use when you're looking at possible free agent pickups for the Cowboys uh, in the outside free agent world. Uh, the, it, the more familiar you are with the name, the less likely they're probably going to wind up in Dallas. <laughs> you know, just, that's just why if, it, if it's a name pops up and you're going like, who the heck is that? Then that's the guy they're going to sign. Well, I'd love it. Another name that, you know, comes up and, and I'll be honest, I don't know whether or not he has the versatility to make a move to play elsewhere because the guy that we have at this position, I don't think I would ask him to make the move just yet. But Eric Fisher, former number one overall draft pick, was released by the Indianapolis Colts. Strong tackle, right? Um, had a good season with them, only missed one game this past season and graded out pretty well, according to Pro Football Focus. He, um, you know, had a decent grade. He was about 70, uh, which is, you know, decent, according to Pro Football Focus. And I think one that would be, you know, a nice either opposite tackle for Tyron Smith or maybe some just some insurance around that offensive line now that we, again, feel like some guys could potentially be, be on their way out. Yeah, that one could possibly come down to what's his price versus what could they save releasing Lyle Collins? Um, well, I don't that's kind of what I'm getting at, right? Is like if you could get that, then what would you do with Lyle Collins? Yeah, I, I don't see there being room for both on the roster. And by the way, uh, that, the answer to your question is $10 million is what they could save in cap room if they cut Collins post-June 1. Uh, well, uh, that's not the – I'm actually seeing a higher number. I'm seeing like uh, – oh, wait a minute. Hang on. Yeah, okay. You're right. I had to flip over uh, and look at the right column there. I'm sorry. Yeah, $10 million. And I, that brings up the question of would Fisher uh, come in cheap or not? I don't know. Uh, it's hard to say. But – you know, I, 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 I honestly think that if they did decide to move on from Collins, uh, which I'm not saying that that's something that the team should be looking at, it's just there seem to see, be some indications like with Cooper that there are some other things going on. We know that Cooper had some issues about the COVID precautions last year. And I'm wondering if that didn't weigh in on them. Are there things that make them want to look outside of Collins? 
And if they do, do they think they've already got the solution to Terrence Steele? Uh, so that's hard to say, but, you know, a lot of things to be determined. A lot of names are going to be coming up because the releases are just now starting, you know, across the league. So we, we're going to find out more about who's available. So we will be covering it yeah, wall an- to wall. Another potential league. target for the Cowboys, the Cardinals released linebacker Jordan Hicks, 29-year-old, 116 yeah. tackles and four sacks last season. But they drafted a linebacker in the first round last year, and they're trying to get you know him some opportunity. Hicks was only costing $6.5 million dollars to begin with, with the Cardinals. And so him getting, being, you know, gotten rid of, that may be an option that, again, that bargain bin price, which I think of that position is like four to $6 million kind of thing. And yeah. shoot, even at that number, the Cowboys don't sign a ton of those guys, right? They might only sign three or four of those and then basically leave it to all guys that they're signing on one year, $1 million, $2 million deal type of scenario. Yeah, a lot of that minimum, minimum stuff which they got lucky last year, but luck is not a strategy. Hmm. Well, that takes us then to what your article focused on in regards to the Dallas Cowboys. And that is that essentially, Tom, we're in Groundhog's Day. Yeah. It's what I call, I termed it the Cowboys are in football purgatory, uh, which it comes from the concept that's been around for several years about a team getting stuck in quarterback purgatory. And, you know, basically, you know, and and it's, I I apologize to anyone that, that I may be stepping on the theology of, but the idea of purgatory being a place where you, burn away your sins so you can move on to a heavenly reward with quarterback purgatory. The idea was you had a quarterback who could get you to eight, nine, 10 wins a season. Couldn't get you over the hump so that, you know, you might make the playoffs every two or three years, but you were a quick exit. Uh, But you never really fell down far enough that you could get into the lotto picks for a franchise quarterback in the draft so the teams are kind of stuck and the 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 real issue is that there's a whole bunch of quarterbacks like they're out there in the league that teams keep shuffling through like say now Carson Wentz and they keep going to these guys who keep them somewhat relevant but don't really carry them forward. And so these teams just go through year after year after year until one day they happen to stumble upon a way to get a franchise quarterback, or they just, you know, throw, throw in a whole bunch of draft picks to trade for one. Well, the Cowboys are in a franchise level purgatory. Uh, They, they make the playoffs every few seasons. They have losing campaigns that just generally don't get them really into the top premium pick level. Uh, The closest they came was 2016 when they had the fourth overall pick, and we know how they spent that one, uh, which, you know, a lot of us have since gone back and said, well, uh, but 
they just keep going on without even sniffing a chance at a Super Bowl. I'm directly quoting myself from the article there. In over a quarter of a century, uh, there was a, an old tweet I pulled up. You know, the Cowboys have gone 11 straight playoff appearances without reaching a conference championship game. That's the longest drought by any team since the AFC and NFC were created in 1970. That's just staggering. The Cowboys have literally become the poster child of didn't meet expectations year after year after Mm. year. You know, because the spotlight is so much on Dallas, they tend to get pumped up a little bit more, which is part of it. But there's also, as we saw last year, just multiple times that they've had what looks like a roster that can make the deep run and it just fizzles. And, you know, how did this happen? Well, there's several things. And let's talk about the elephant over there in the corner of the room. The one constant over the stretch of, you know, the last 25 years or more is owner and general manager, Jerry Jones. And he is, he has come out and admitted that if he were just the owner and his general manager was performing the way he had performed, he would have fired him and replaced him. Well, but Jerry hasn't really done anything about it other than to hand more and more, more of the duties to his son, Stephen. And Stephen hasn't been setting anything on fire with what he's done either. Uh, you're not counting the torches and pitchforks that come out sometimes. And so you've got this situation where you have a, a recurringly inept performance by the general manager of the team, however you want to look at that as a joint effort between Jerry and Steven or Steven doing most of the work. And yet they're untouchable. Nothing is done about it. We just go through being told year after year how the cap is, is tying their hands. They can't keep the players that, that, that they should be keeping because they've got to free up the cap, salary cap space. Uh, and, and so we just keeps going round and round in this cycle. Uh, you know, no one else does this other than the Cincinnati Bengals, and they finally broke through this year. And, you know, it, it just it just keeps going on and on. And, and the decisions on who they're going to have on the roster, who's going to be coaching them, keep going back to the guys that just don't seem to be finding a way to break through and get the answer. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. 
Real Traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Now, real quickly on that, like, aren't some of the decisions they've made justifiable in that, like when it comes to bad contracts, for example, people are like, well, if you didn't want them to, you know, if you didn't want them to do this deal, you shouldn't have paid them. Right. I don't expect the player to back out. And I agree with that. I don't expect the player to back down. Right. And this is not a statement on DeMarcus Lawrence. I think he's a huge part of this team, but in general, right. If a team realizes they made a mistake with a contract by paying a player too much, should they be criticized if they then decide that, hey, enough's enough. We don't want to continue to bite off more than we essentially thought that we paid for when we made this deal originally. Well, right? Is there I any guess, sense to that? I, there, is, there is something to that. But you have to remember that with the DeMarcus Lawrence contract, uh, with the Dak Prescott contract, they could have had them at a cheaper price if they had not played hardball and franchise tagged them and then drug everything out to the last minute. They are making their own bed in this stuff. And so mm-hmm. now they're having to lie in it. So, yeah, right. they there comes a point where you have to do something to fix the mistake. They're just doing it too late. They're taking too long. They're, they're trying to do this. And it seems like the uh, Joneses are still stuck in the 1990s when the Cowboys got three Super Bowl wins with a run-heavy offense uh, led by, by Emmett Smith and uh, an outstanding offensive line. That seems to really be their comfort zone and what they want, what they seem to be trying to do with Ezekiel Elliott, and we're just seeing it ain't working. The NFL has evolved and changed. They have not evolved and changed in their thinking enough. And so, you know, we're, we're just seeing that. And the fact that Stephen Jones stood up and specifically defended Ezekiel Elliott during an interview at the Combine shows that that mindset may st- still very much be locked into their brains. So they need to change. And, you know, it would probably take something like the long and painful uh, run of, of absolute failure that the Cleveland Browns had a few years back for them to finally break down and hire a general manager and give him some power and control that they are not doing well with. It'll never happen. But, yeah, and and – 
that's where a funny thing has happened in the fact that their good luck may be hurting them. You know, they stumbled into Tony Romo, who became a franchise quarterback and had a shot one year. Uh, but, you know, in a year when they finally seemed to have everything together, they ran into the, the, the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers. And, uh, you know, that unfortunate fumble uh, that actually was the point that they that cost the game. They were about to take a two-score lead. Mm-hmm. The ball gets knocked loose. Uh, I, can't, I can't even remember the name of the running back uh, that, that fumbled the ball in 2014 in the playoff game. Uh, and then that led to the infamous Dez catch and, and just, you know, what had it was the best opportunity the Cowboys had seen in years was frittered away. Then they stumbled into Dak Prescott, who, remember, was their third choice, you know, behind Paxter Lynch yeah. and Cook. Connor and Cook. Connor Cook. And they got him, and he just – set the, the league on fire with Ezekiel Elliott also having a great year as the, the Cowboys line offensive line kind of reached a peak that they couldn't maintain when uh, Travis Frederick suffered his illness. And <laughs> so then they ran aground against the Packers again, um, you know, in a real heartbreaking. Mm. Those were two of the three years, of the 2000s, the team truly seemed to have a roster with enough talent to have a chance. And the third year was last year. That roster looked like it had everything it needed. Why it all came apart, it seems to be rather complex, uh, dealing with, you know, Dak having some uh, a minor injury problem midseason. Some things seemed to go very wrong with the play calling down the stretch. Uh, and it's just, the, the, you know, the personnel decisions that are now being made. When you, when you have a team that went 12 and 5 and should have done better, you'd think you'd want to double down, bolster that roster. Instead, what we're seeing with Cooper and Lawrence is that it's kind of degrading for the wrong reasons. Uh, and That's what and, I was going to say. It's like you want to see your team take steps forward. And we see this happen a lot in the NBA, right? There's almost a progression to being able to become a championship level team. And first you got to win in the early rounds of the playoffs, and then you got to take the next step. And then you got to take the next step. And while it happens a lot faster in the NFL than in other sports, you could say to an extent that the Rams winning a Super Bowl a season ago was built on steps right now. Ultimately they needed the extra piece in the quarterback to put it all together but they had been to those places before. And Mm -hmm. for the Cowboys, what you felt like was a nice step in 2021, albeit a failure in the end, they have turned into, as you said, what feels like a step down going into the next season, right? It's almost as if last year was the peak of something. And now we've got to take two steps back or take a step back to move two steps forward in their line of thinking. And that's a hard pill to swallow when we see a team like the Los Angeles Rams who just won it basically by saying, we're going to sacrifice future steps, you know, to potentially take a smaller step incrementally in this moment and win one when we have that opportunity. Yeah. And 
Instead, the Cowboys seem to be worried more about the future steps than they are about the current steps. They're, they're obsessed. Or Stephen Jones is obsessed with cap space. And they seem to actually be kind of planning for a head coaching change in 2023 after this season. Uh, it, just, it just feels like they're setting Mike McCarthy up to fail. Do you, you know, believe the NFL? That? Do you believe that they're setting McCarthy up to fail? Because I've seen that now a couple of times over. I think we had an article up on blogging the boys on that. Yeah. Do you? Yeah, like, there was. Do we believe in our heart of hearts that the Cowboys are trying to make it more difficult for Mike McCarthy, like that they would sacrifice a chance at a championship in 2022 just so they could get the head coach ultimately that they want? Because if that's what they were waiting for, they should. I mean, there's no reason they shouldn't just fire McCarthy now. I think it's more that they're setting up a self-fulfilling prophecy. I think they have decided that McCarthy really isn't the coach that they, they want to get him to the Super Bowl. And so they are, they're not deliberately undermining him as much as neglecting to do what needs to be done. And uh, so that may be kind of where things are going. And, and, that the NFL is a win now league. It's not a setup to win in three years. It's a win now league because you never know who's going to stay healthy. You never know if your draft choices are going to keep panning out. And, and that's another place they've been lucky in a sense. Uh, you know, remember a couple of years ago, CD Lamb, nobody expected him to be available when the Cowboys got on the clock. And now they are banking on him being their wide receiver one. That, that, that's the only way you can interpret what's going on with Amari Cooper is that they expect CD to be their wide receiver one and their main target and they're their chief weapon for Dak Prescott to throw to. Which um, he was last season, to yeah. be fair. I mean, and, to and say they, that you they, can't expect that, he gave them a 1,000-yard season. He caught the ball 70 times. He was a serviceable number one. Not the best number one in the league, mind you, but he was the one comparative to the two players a season ago. Yeah. And historically they may have a valid point there because year three is when wide receivers often really break out. So that may be what we're about to see happen with him. So that may be good. It's just, it, I think it would have been better to have Cooper and lamb, but that's not the way they're going. They're going to focus on keeping Gallup instead. Then last year, they just, absolutely hit the lottery when they got Michael Parsons because nobody, I think, really understood what he was. I think he's the, a case of a draft pick that exceeded even the wildest expectations for him. A lot of people thought he was a very good linebacker. Nobody expected him to be arguably the best linebacker and the best pass rusher on the team. He would have been the first defensive player off the board. He would have gone before both of the cornerbacks in Horn yeah. and Sertain if everybody knew what they know now. So yeah, he would have, been, would have been a top five pick. I'm absolute sure. grand slam of a pick. Can we expect the Cowboys to continue yeah. to do that, especially now that they're picking outside the top 20, right, this season? Yeah. That's much further away than, you know, top 10, mm -hmm. which is where they wound up a season ago or when they wound up trading back, I guess, out of that pick. But even still, I did want to touch on, because I haven't gotten to, I haven't gotten to give my piece on the Amari tank thing. And I did just want to say, 
my initial reaction, I think, was like most Cowboys fans that how could they do this? Why would they do this? This can't make them better. But I'm telling you now, and I'm calling my shot. In one month's time, Cowboys Nation will be sold on the pieces that they bring back in place. Now, I'm not saying that that means those pieces are going to replace them. I want to be clear on that. But I'm telling you, the hype machine will run its course and Cowboys Nation will be back in the place of feeling like we can we can do some damage again. And really, even with these moves, right, say I wasn't replacing them at all, I still consider the Cowboys to be the favorite in the NFC East. Yeah, and that gets to another element. Uh, the Cowboys play in a division where the other three franchises are hot messes. I mean, they are all clearly in rebuilding mode and largely because the the greatest predictor of a team's success in the NFL, the the most reliable single thing is the quality of their quarterback. If you've got a true franchise quarterback, you've got an excellent chance of at least getting into the playoffs and then, you know, who knows how far you can go uh, on a run there. Nobody else has that right now. Uh, you know, the Eagles are still trying to find out if Jalen Hurts is going to be the solution. And they probably have serious doubts about that because the word is they made an offer for uh, Russell Wilson who turned it down. He uh, had to waive his no trade clause to, to wind up in Denver. He was willing to do that for the Broncos. He was not willing do that for the Eagles, which just shows that he does have a certain uh, level of judgment perception that is to be admired. Um, You've got, you know, you've now got Carson Wentz, uh, who frankly, the Cowboy, after his Super Bowl, the Super Bowl year, when of course Wentz went down and didn't complete it. But after that year, the Cowboys have largely had his number. And I don't think there's any reason to doubt that Dan Quinn won't. And the, uh, the Giants uh, have Daniel Jones, and there has been at least one rumor that they may be looking at bringing in Mitchell Trubisky to compete with him. And it's like, okay, fine, Please. take one of them. Please. <laughs> you know. So, uh, you know, it's, it's – they are It lures right. them into a, a false sense of security, right? Hey, we can win this division with Jack Prescott – and a lump of coal on the outside. So why should we spend so much money to do that? And while that's nice, right, that you can get six wins against this terrible division, it rears its head when we get into the playoffs and face actual talented football teams. And And it also plays into the same purgatory thing that the hmm. quarterback does. They will probably win the division just because they're going to dominate the uh, other rivals uh, or at least manage to win probably five of the six games, I would say. I think this year they're probably due for uh, losing at least one, but they're going to win five of the six games probably, wind up getting the bid, uh, the NFC East bid for the playoffs for uh, for uh, the, the, 
wild card round at least, and not have a great draft pick again. It's like it's it just cycles back. They're just good enough to stay just good enough, but they can't really break up or down. And I mentioned how they got they were good in free agency last year. Well, the problem with that is now Stephen Jones just has uh, the recency bias of saying, look how good I was at that. I'm going to go out and do it again this year. And he got so dang lucky between curse, Carlin, Carlos Watkins, Terrell Basham, DeMonte KZ, Malik Hooker, and if he had not been injured, Brent Urban, that was an outstanding haul for the defense uh, in free agency, which was where they really went. They, I think the only significant offensive signing was uh, Ty Inseki, who – where was he? He was not out all year, really. Yeah, he turned out to be nothing. But on defense, they found some great pieces that really helped Dan Quinn elevate that defense. And I'll give him credit for having coached them well as well. He probably got more out of them than most defensive coordinators would have. But you don't do that in bargain bin hunting. It's the previous years they should be looking at when they went out and made these low-cost signings that just didn't pan out. Uh, some years, nothing panned out, it seemed like. And so we've got all these lucky things that the Cowboys, particularly the, the leadership, the Jones family, thinks is due to their savvy and management of the team. And that's kind of where we are likely to be stuck. And given the fact that Stephen Jones is the heir apparent for football operations, uh, I don't know how it's set up as far as ownership of the team, but it seems fairly clear that Stephen is going to be the guy that runs the team and keeps that general manager mantle. We're looking at possibly decades of fighting against this. Uh, the, as I've said before, the only hope the Cowboys fan base has for seeing something happen with this team is if Mike McCarthy comes out and shocks the Joneses and the rest of the football world and takes this team on a run, probably say as far as at least getting to the NFC championship game, then all of a sudden they have to be saying, wait a minute, you know, maybe now they're just one or two more pieces away. And so you know, I think we're hoping against hope for them to go that far because I would really say I could see them winning like 10 or 11 games next year, getting to the wild card round and getting bounced like they did against the 49ers. Um, maybe getting one more round uh, and and then getting, getting knocked out. I don't think that would be enough to, to make them keep McCarthy because I think they're secretly dreaming about being Sean Payton. And that's what they're – I think that's still kind of a thing, particularly in Jerry Jones's heart, which might, if it were to happen, I will offer a faint glimmer of hope if that should be the, the long-term plan or how things eventuate. I think Peyton would come in and say, here's the deal. I'm going to get the level of control over the roster that Jimmy Johnson – or Bill Parcells at least had, where I get the biggest say in what goes on. Johnson and Parcells took 
Cowboys rosters that were just pretty much trash and built them up. And if Peyton had that power, then maybe he could do something. But that's that's an awful lot of pieces that have to fall into place. So I just, you know, I'm not optimistic. And I'm not, I'm really trying to commit myself to not buying into the hype this year. Well, I want to, sorry, I want brother. To be like, I'm sorry. You're going to be right there with the rest of us. I promise yeah. you. I'm telling you. I'm calling my shot. You're going to be right there with the rest of us, even though you're against it right now. I'm seeing it now. And if, if, I'm, if I'm wrong, if you're still able to hold it off, I will give you credit. Right? If you're able to hold that, if you're able to hold your stance until we get to August, then I think you will have gone a long way right? Further than most Cowboys fans, because here's the reality. Free agency comes a week from now. And by the time this podcast goes live, this will be the last one we do until free agency begins. So the question for you is March 16th, players can begin to sign. Will the Cowboys have signed any of those players? Because we all know, right? The guys that go on day one, those are the deals that have already been gotten done, and those are usually the big fish. Will the Cowboys be involved and have any deals done by the time we record this podcast next week? Which will have given us at least a day's worth of potential free agency movement. Uh, my bet that they won't be in the first first wave. Uh, they haven't been for a long time. And I'm, you know, we'll, let's just, you know, you mark that down and we'll come back and revisit that. Uh, and then the next podcast, we can really start to dissect what happened in free agency and what we're disappointed in, or if there's something that pleases us and how much. Uh, I just I just don't think the team this fall is going to be as good as the team they fielded last fall. But that will still probably be good enough to get them into the playoffs and rinse and repeat. Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> Start up the purgatory machine again, sir. Well, we'll still be loving it as Cowboys fans around the country, around the world do understand uh, this is America's team. This is now the world's team. As you've heard that great podcast with our two colleagues here at blog of the boys. So continue to follow us and we'll continue to keep you posted. They never, will be boring the Dallas. Yeah, and so at least we I can do want from that. Yeah, I do want to say just as a footnote, I got to do the live stream on Tuesday with Paul Stewart, our Scottish uh, member of the team. And it's so much fun doing something with somebody with that accent. I just loved it. Hey, we'll make sure hey, you check he's that a out. Good guy the stream is up on, on the blog and the boys YouTube page. So make sure you check that out and, Hey, hit the live show every Tuesday night, as well as all the great podcast content here on Blogging the Boys, powered by SB Nation. Two pods every day we're bringing to you. Content galore and plenty to digest for Cowboys fans out there. So with that, Tom, any any free agent predictions, any predictions that you want to make before free agency goes? Because maybe, you know, maybe the Cowboys don't make a splash, but we do need to maybe say a name or two that the Cowboys could be interested in just Mm. some names to throw out there. The top 10 free agents, according to NFL.com saints, offensive lineman, Teron Armstead, 
Patriots cornerback J.C. Jackson, Rams linebacker Von Miller, Buccaneers cornerback Carlton Davis, Cardinals linebacker Chandler Jones just finished his five-year deal and worth every penny. Tyra Matthew, a name we already mentioned. Safety Marcus Williams from the Saints as well available. Allen Robinson, AR-15 from the Bears. Down years with Josh Fields, but was pretty fantastic there in Jacksonville. Um, Dolphins defensive end Emmanuel Ogba and Commander's guard Brandon Scherf. That's the top 10 there from NFL.com to wet your whistle, but um, sure would love if the Cowboys would be involved in a couple of those names. Scherf and Matthew are kind of the ones that uh, that tickle my my fancy. And with the defensive end hold, and I'd be real interested in finding out what Vaughn Miller might accept. Uh, If he'd be willing to play under Quinn, that might be – yeah, <laughs> but I still interesting names, right? Like, there's enough names there where if they did make the move with Amari and, and Tank and had some spending money, we're gonna get sucked again. Consider yourself sucked from the great building yeah. themselves. Yeah, I will have to see. Uh, I uh, I have my doubts, but that would certainly make me possibly think okay maybe they got something going here uh we'll find out we certainly will and we'll keep you posted here stay riled up on the cowboys for tom i'm roy we'll see you next thursday Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement.